0: So we're in our uh, campaign uh, called Release, and the idea is that God is going to be releasing through Living Spring uh, a movement of His Spirit that uh, hopefully, as we kind of step into this, will go on for generation, uh, for generations to come. Um, but, uh, and so we, 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 last week what we were talking about was, we were, we were talking about does God dream for you? Does God have dreams for you? And, and we talked a little bit about how... You know, that seems weird to, to say, because it, it, it makes it sound like God, like that it, things could not turn out the way God planned, and then that kind of questions His sovereignty and all that, but what we started doing was talking about it in terms of, of, of the dreams we have for all our kids, you know, for our family, for our relationships, all these things that God uh, has placed in our lives, we have dreams for, and I, we talked a little bit about you know, some of the dreams I shared for my kids and my marriage and my, us as a family. And we talked about this idea that God, from the very beginning, wanted to be a God to a people and wanted those people to be his. And so last week we talked about Joshua finally stepping into the land that God had promised uh, generations ago. And actually stepping into that. And we talked about, well, what, is it, what does it look like for Living Spring to step into what God has for us at this time, at this place? What are, what are God's dreams for Living Spring? If, if, if God would have his way, if he were to say, man, you know, this church, this particular time, this particular season, for this particular location and this people, what, what, what does it look like? And so we, we talked about that, We talked about what it means to, uh, to dream and In those ways. And this morning, what I want to talk to you uh, about is legacy. And, you know, uh, legacy is kind of a word that um, might mean different things to different people. You know, you might think about leaving a legacy, that that might mean you're really popular or that you're remembered. And we talked about this at our staff meeting on Friday about, you know, what is it, do we just want to be remembered? And quite quite frankly, and I, I hate to put it this way, but you probably won't be remembered for very long. Now, again, your kids are going to remember you and they're going to share stories after you're gone and they're, they're, they'll be funny stories or whatever. And then maybe your grandkids will remember, you know, my, my kids re- kind of remember their grandma, but not really. And the years that they remember grandma aren't the best of grandma's years. And so they remember her in a way that really isn't the best representation of her. When I uh, uh, was in my late 20s, um, I grew up in New Jersey until I was 11 and then we moved out to California. And when I was in my late 20s, my grandfather, uh, I I didn't get to see him very much. And so I knew that when I met him, when I saw him, that this would probably be the last time that I'd I'd, I'd see him again. So I I, I went to go visit him and I stayed at his house and um, I was kind of kind of hoping that he'd give me some words of wisdom, you know, being my grandfather. And I, it just meant a lot to me that I, that I was there. And so uh, we were talking, and, and um, he, he, pu- he pulls me into his, like, uh, living room, and he sits, sits down. We're just having this conversation. I'm thinking, I want to I cherish every moment of this. And he looks at me in the eye, and he says this to me. He says, John, it's okay to fool around with another woman. Just don't ever leave your family. (laughs) I'm like, thanks, Grandpa. (laughs) Like, what in the world? That's it? (laughs) Like, I flew all the way out here for really, really horrible advice? That's your last thing. It's the last thing I remember of my grandfather, that conversation. Because it was just, I mean, the statement was just ridiculous. His point was, was really that family's important. I missed all that part. That was his legacy to me. Now, other, other kids tell the story about our grandfather, and they have all these wonderful stories. That's the one that sticks in my mind. See, we're all, we're all going to leave a legacy. We're all going to be remembered somehow. We're all going to be forgotten somehow. What does God think about our lives? Does God just kind of see us as here and now and this is all we got? Or does God have something bigger planned for you? Let me put it this way. Does God want your life to impact the next generation? Does God want our church to impact the next generation? If I give money to the kingdom of God here, will somebody 60, 70, 80 years down the road come to know Jesus? Is my life just here and now and done? Or whether I'm remembered or not, can I impact the next generation? See, when we talk about legacy and that kind of stuff. You think about this, this family, uh, you think about the perfect family. <laughs> Doesn't this look like the perfect family? I mean, they're, they're young, attractive, right? Uh, the kid, they're, they're, they're playful, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they, 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 the kid, the kid looks like he's actually trying to strangle his father. Uh, but, uh, and he's got kind of like a little evil look in his eye. But, but this, if you go on and you type in family in Google, and you click on images, this is one of the first ones that'll come up. And, and this is all, and I, I, I followed the image actually, and it, it's all over on all sorts of different websites, like, like, that have nothing to do with each other. But this, because this represents a family, this represents a healthy, a healthy family. But does anyone really have a family like that? I don't. I mean, my, I got problems. My kids have problems. We go through all the things you'd go through, all these kind of things. See, I think the lie is we don't think we're going to have an impact on the next generation because our family doesn't look like that. You might be a single mom. and You're thinking, all I want to do is just get food on the table and get through my day. What are you talking about impacting the next generation? But see, I think that God has every one of us here for a reason. And not just for ourselves. Let me show you something. I'm going I'm to read a, a section of scripture that we're going to be in this morning um, that I think kind of drives this idea home. And it, it plays off of what we talked about last week. Um, but essentially, Moses has got these, these laws and stuff from God. And he goes to the people, and this is what he says He says, These are the commands. Decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, to observe. Listen to this. In the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. These laws were designed and set up for a people at a specific time and a specific place. I don't want us to miss that. Okay, the laws were designed the the dream of God, if we go back to last week, the idea of God is that he would provide this land for a people and they would live lives that are pleasing to him. They would have a relationship with God, the almighty God, and it would be so transforming and so amazing that people that that other nations would look and go, man, tell us about your God. Tell us, what kind of great God is there that has such a people like this, that are living lives according to this? And so Moses is telling them, look, these are the commands, decrees, and laws. The Lord your God directed me to teach you to deserve in the land that you are crossing in the Jordan to possess. Now watch this. This is the responsibility that a people of God has, when not just to follow God's laws, but listen to this. Can't miss this. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy a long life. See, you know what it doesn't say? Uh, You're going to do these decrees because I'm God. I'm giving you some stuff to do, and if you don't do them, I'm going to kill you. Now, he says that later, actually. Uh, He says he's going to wipe them off the face of the earth if they don't follow. So that's coming, right? But the idea is that God isn't doing this. God has a plan, a dream. he, He knows that the way we're created, and so he provides these laws, these things, his word, all this kind of stuff, so that we would have impactful lives to our children and their children, you see how God connects us, now listen, the next, it wasn't just for three generations, right, it wasn't just like, well, once we get to the children and their children, then we're done, no, the idea is that this would be passed on from generation to generation, that this generation, Right here, right now, you and I will live lives pleasing to God that will impact the next generation. Yeah, it's funny when you when you get to a um, a year where there's voting, you know, like like you know, we have the elections coming up, you hear a lot more of this kind of talk. You know, what kind of nation are we going to leave our children? What kind of planet are we going to leave our children? What kind of... and, and, and the different politicians use it to their advantage and say, if you vote for this person, you know, all your kids are going to die, and the economy is going to collapse, and we'll, you know everything's going to go terrible. And the other candidate does the same type of thing. We, we start to talk in terms of the next generation. Moses says, your children and their children. Now watch what he says. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord God, uh, the God of your ancestors promised you. He says, Hear, O Israel. Here's the This is a fam- very, very famous section of Scripture. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul and with all your strength, these commands, commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. See, all of a sudden now we're starting to see kind of God's dream for us. It's not that we go to church every Sunday. It's not that we read our Bibles and all those things are good. God desperately wants the heart of every generation. God desperately wants us to live a life and to be a a church body and to do all these things that that is so real and and so intimate with God that the next generation can't ignore it. The problem happens when we we miss out with with our own destiny that God has for us. We don't believe that our lives are just are for the next generation. We think they're for us. And so everything we do, all the decisions we make, our spending habits, all these kinds of things have to do with just us. When do I get to retire? When do I get the car? When do I get this? When do I get that? And in fact, God says, I want all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. He says they're to be on your hearts. Now, how, how is this portrayed? okay? You'd think it would just be holiness, right? I mean, if, if, if God's decrees and his commandments are on our hearts, you'd think that it would just be living a life that's holy, but, but Moses goes on as he's talking to the people. God is speaking to his people, and this is what he says. This is how it's going to be lived out. Impress them on your children. It means um, to sharpen, to wet, uh, to, 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 to impress them on your children. In other words, shape your Make your child effective. Sharpen your children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know what this tells me? This tells me that God knows that it can be lost in one generation. It just takes one generation to miss it. It just takes one generation to be so self-centered that the next generation just goes, yeah, I'm not buying it. And, and, And look at how much he's talking about it, what he tells us to do. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, when you get up. In other words, all the time. These things that God has impressed upon this generation through his word, needs to be talked about with our kids all the time, with our grandkids all the time, with our spouse all the time, because we're one generation from missing it. Watch. It goes on. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words kind of be consumed by these things look for those opportunities every opportunity we have with the next generation to share the gospel to share what why we serve the god we serve as we step into this capital campaign you know for us a, a lot of this is going to kind of hit our pocketbook because what we're asking is that we would prepare this property for the next generation. That, in fact, we've lived, or at least I, I know I have uh, since I've gotten here, I've lived on the back of the previous generation that built all this. When I got here, everything was already done for me. There was, there was, there was nothing that I had to, had to do. It was already here because that generation was faithful. Because that generation was a generation that tied it on their hands, put it on the frontals of their forehead. It was all about the kingdom of God, and we're reaping the benefits for that. It says, on your case, now now listen to this. Watch this warning kind of that God has. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you. Now, again, see what he's doing? He's attaching the past. That God's people is not just right now, It's, it's the generations previous, it's the generations to come. These are the people of God. So he says, look, we get this land, a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, Moses is telling them, look, you're going to enter into this land and it's going to be like the best economic times you've ever had. You're just going to walk in. There's going to be houses there that have all sorts of stuff. Can you imagine these people going, this is awesome. You just like walk. Okay, imagine this. We we decide we're going to go take over Beverly Hills, okay, as a church. We're gonna go conquer Beverly Hills, and when we get there, everybody's gone, and we just start like walking into these mansions. We like look, look at this big, you, you like we'd be running around. Oh, do you see what's in this room? And this and this is the people of God. This is what God had planned for them—a land flowing with milk and honey. Places they didn't, they mature vineyards, That remember when they went and they spied out the land and they're like, this, the food is huge. They had like giant, I don't know how they did, you know, it was just a giant grape and they're like, wow, you know, I don't, I don't know how it all played out. But, but God had prepared this for his people. And here's what he says, you're going to go into this land and it's going to be awesome. And he says, be Careful. Be careful. Watch out. With this blessing, comes a warning that when things start going really well, you're going to forget. He says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. David was talking about it this morning when he was leading worship, and he was saying, you know, how many people have been, you know, how many people remember their past life? See, oftentimes what happens to one generation, to the next generation, is that we forget. Maybe you've been a believer for four generations, and it just seems natural, because it's just the way it is. You forgot what it's like to be in bondage. You forgot what it's like to be in slavery. God's saying, be careful. And here's what I think he's saying to us as a church. What are we going to do to make sure the next generation doesn't forget? I want to read you one of the saddest verses in all of the Old Testament. It's found in Judges. And it's talking about... um, Joshua goes in to Jericho, they fight, they, they, they take possession of the land. It, it actually works out. Now, Moses, uh, you know, he didn't get to get in there, and so they wait the 40 years and all this kind of stuff for that generation to die out. And then this next generation comes in, and they take over the land flowing with milk and honey. It's working out the way God had planned it, for his people to be in that land that he had prepared for them. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. This is Joshua's generation. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals or served other gods. Here's the tragic, tragic thing. The generation that forgot was the generation that finally stepped into the land. The generation that finally received everything that God had promised. Exactly like Moses had said, be careful. Guys, be so careful that you forget and you don't pass it on to the next generation. Part of this campaign is just that. It's about providing a space, providing a ministry, providing something that goes on for the next generation. The sacrifice of this generation for us right now that then goes on to the next generation so that they don't forget. That's why we're tying the campus together with the patio area and the children's thing. But it's not just that, it's us as a whole church body, not just funding change, but actually changing. And that's why we have part of the capital campaign is prayer, part of it's devotions, part of it's all these things to get back into a sense of God's calling upon our lives personally.